For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. We got a good one today. We do. We've been waiting so long to have this conversation on the show. And we've been asked over and over by our audience and our community to have this conversation. So today, what are we talking about? We're going to go through some stories around Elizabeth Holmes, Anna Delvey, and Bad Vegan. And we're going to talk about the line between like entrepreneurship and ambition versus fraud, fraud, being a con artist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating. We've been watching Elizabeth Holmes for years now, right? Years. Watching this whole story play out. Yeah. So I remember when I was first starting in entrepreneurship and whenever anyone asked like, oh, who is your role model? <laughs> I always said Elizabeth Holmes for the first couple of years in business. As you're wearing a gray turtleneck and as we were uh, You know what? Like some things like still rub off on you, right? Even after the person is like a convicted felon. So I, I would just like, we have personally been following the story because it's like, there are not very many high powered women founders, especially of like kind of big tech companies. And so her story has been this very public fall from grace, which we both have lots to say about. And then in recent months, there've been a series of other high profile, like grifter stories about women who were seeking power, flying a little too close to the sun and also falling from grace. And we started to notice and talk about this pattern of like women really being called out and sort of vilified for you know, for some, for some fair reasons, like engaging in fraud or duping investors or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But also like, there's such a double standard, especially in, you know, in the public opinion and in, in pop culture around like the stories of, of women versus men sort of seeking power at this level. And so, you know, this is going to be more of just like an honest conversation between two friends in this, who are in this space and follow these stories. And I think a lot of you have also watched these shows lately and these, you know, documentaries on these women and, and followed perhaps Elizabeth Holmes's very public, you know, public trial and how that played out in recent months. And so we just want to kind of talk about it and how we're feeling about it and what we've noticed and some themes that we want to tease out about what we've been seeing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Netflix, for bringing all this to our, like, there's been some great material around this and podcasts with all these different stories. So I don't know. I think Jenny, what I would just want to start by saying, like, what's frustrating to me is, is the right word is vilified. How these, these women are seen as these horrible, awful, terrible people for having a dream and going after it. And yes, they veered and broke the law in some of the cases for made mistakes, parts of it. (laughs) But then it's just like the whole thing is painted as she's an awful, terrible human being. Mm -hmm. And I I'm like, but she had an idea. She went after, she went and got raised money. She did something like, that's Mm -hmm. all I can see is the effort behind it. And somewhere something broken, you know, who knows, you know, in Elizabeth Holmes case, exactly when she knew that this whole idea wasn't going to fly. Like I still not, I'm not clear about that. But I'm so angry that women that that the that, that culture society just like, oh, like they just are swept aside as a horrible criminal person. Mm-hmm. But yet the, the the week that I heard about Elizabeth Holmes conviction, Kyle Rittenhouse got off on murder of two people. Right. Yeah. I I mean that's- and that was like what? Yeah, that's right. And so I I think what's really interesting is the way sort of the gender bias is playing out here as it relates to these women. And so so here's the thing. There is this line between that we were talking about. There's this line between like being ambitious as an entrepreneur and being a con artist. Like there is at some point where you take it too far and then you go into like, you know, you you go into fraud or you go into becoming a con artist or you like you start to like veer too far to that side. And then like, but it's pretty yeah, like up until this point, whatever it is, like it's your that's what you need to have to succeed, right? Like ambition is really positive until it crosses this line. And what I think is playing out is that. Where that line is, is different for different people based on, you know, class and race and gender and, you know, like social status and whatever else, like that line is a movable, a movable line. Like it's a movable place on that line. And so what I'm, what I think that I'm seeing is that like women can't go quite as far over to the ambitious side before crossing that line. And if you, you just have to look at like, the WeWork story to see how, you know, a very similar situation played out where in this case, this person walked away with like incredible wealth and as a free person and arguably, you know, duped investors out of far more money than Elizabeth Holmes ever did. Right. Like, like there's just so many examples of this. And, and just because we have one foot in the sort of tech startup world in our own, you know, very small way, we also have, you know, been eyewitness to to watching the fundraising process by startups, by other startups, and you know, in our own world as well, in our own experience. And there is it it like it really is fake it until you make it. Like people raise money on an idea. Like most companies are raising money on a dream and a vision. And it's whoever can be the most compelling and fit into the, the, you know, preconceived box of what a founder looks like. Whoever can do that the best is who raises the money. I mean, that's like, that's actually reality. And so having seen that and like, you know, we've bared witness to that firsthand. And I, I mean, I have heard, I've been on the other side of a glass wall where I'm listening to men pitch their startups and the audacity that I've heard come out of their mouths about their projections or their, you know, how big they're going to be in three years or five years is like something like I I'm incapable of saying out loud because I just like, I think it's because we're held to a different standard. 
So I just want to put that out there that like, that is really kind of at the root for me of why I wanted to have this conversation with you, Sandy, is that like, I think there's this line, like it's like, everyone's on a spectrum. There's this, like all entrepreneurs are like on some kind of spectrum where like, as you get more and more ambitious, like you're getting really close to that, like carn artist Ponzi scheme, you know, fraudster space. And like, again, where, you know, where you get called out on that is in a different place, depending on who you were born as and and what resources you have access to. Yeah. That's so well said, Jenny. Absolutely. Because when you are pitching, if you have an idea like Anna Delvey for her foundation and Elizabeth Holmes for her, you know, her startup, her text, her biotech startup, you've got to like make some stuff up. You've got to believe you've got to have an idea, you got to paint a picture of something that doesn't exist. And so is that why? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that the line has to do with once you know it's impossible, right, you like is, shouldn't say it anymore, right? Which is again where Elizabeth where, Holmes probably yeah. broke somewhere where like yeah. she was so my my imagine like my imagination of what happened for her, like my I my thinking is that she really believed it until it became so obviously apparent that it wasn't real, that like you couldn't take a drop of blood and test it for cancer, right? Like you could like that actually scientifically cannot happen based on anything anyone knows is possible. And at some point she realized that, but she was so far in, in, right. And, and like, and then that's where stuff starts to break. And, you know, when an animal is backed against backed into a corner against a wall, like you're going to revert to whatever you're going to revert to. And people are going to handle that in different ways. And, and, you know, it sounds like there was some potentially some abuse going on at home for her. And, you know, I'm not, not making excuses. Like, you know, the responsible thing at that point would have been to like come publicly forward and say, this isn't going to work and, you know, you know, shut it down and liquidate the assets and and like walk away and start the next thing. Right. Right. Like that would have been the response. And for some reason she didn't do that. But it's so easy for all of the world to judge her, you know, in hindsight and like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. And I think like, we don't know, like it is stressful. There are people expecting, maybe it will work. Maybe this is one more thing and I'll figure this out. Like, I think that's what upset me so much is like, she had believed in, in something and had an idea and she thought she could change the world with this idea. And where is that line where you just go? Yeah, no, you know what? Actually it won't work. And I just like commend her for quitting university or I think she went to Stanford. She quit Mm -hmm. and she went and had the idea and she convinced people that it could be done. And she stole people from Apple, like, you know, staff, like really, really big thinkers. They also believed in her idea. They also thought it was Yes. And like members of the, like president's cabinet, like a lot of things, you know, like she had a lot of people who bought in and and, yeah. And, and I don't think that like, I don't think that was all con artistry, right? Like, I think she really, really had a compelling vision for what she thought was possible. And I mean, that's how anything changes in the world, right? Right. So, and so I think like that's, but like we, as a culture going back to sort of, you know, the peanut gallery, taking this in, like we judge people like her so harshly. And I think that's so detrimental to other entrepreneurs, other women, other girls, other like historically underrepresented people in the space, like a biotech founder, really like what are the chances it's going to be like a young woman? Like it just doesn't happen. And so it's going to go put themselves through that. Like that's what happens to ambitious women. I'm going to not say anything. Yeah, totally. And you know, so I have been parts of different circles, Sandy, and and you and I've talked about this where like sort of all of a sudden, like masterminds are like with a 
like in, you know, talking with other groups of women who are entrepreneurs and we all kind of like, once Elizabeth Holmes comes up in conversation, everyone sort of like checks around, like, I kind of think she's amazing. Do you still think like women still are behind, you know, like yes. think she is yes. a rock star, but yeah. you can't talk about it because like you're publicly vilified. It's like one of those things where it's hard to talk about publicly. Well, I and- talked about it publicly <laughs> and I got in, I made a lot of people uncomfortable with a group of, of men, white men. Yeah. Right. And it, that was like the week that the, 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 the verdict hadn't come out, but somebody, yeah. a man brought it up. He was just shaking his head. Like, you know, what a horrible, terrible human being. And I was like, oh, I actually really like her. I think she's done. Well, she, he, you know, she defrauded blah, blah, blah. And then he said the words, you know, there's even some question that she used her looks to raise some of that money. And I was just like, whoa, dude. And I just like, everybody got super uncomfortable. And I was like, so, so society tells women they need to look a certain way, you know, like that's how they're valued. And that's what we're like. Every message is to look Mm -hmm. this way. And he's like, well, she looked like a Barbie doll. And I'm like, yeah, but so does that mean that she can't be ambitious and raise money? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And honestly, if she used her, her looks to go get a couple meetings with people, then go for it. Like we don't have many advantages and maybe you should use that one. Right. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, cause I had just heard an an episode of a very well-known reporter here in Canada who was like the first female war correspondent. Mm-hmm. And she, and they asked, she was asked about like being a woman and, you know, was that a hardship or she's like, no, it was to my advantage. I got into places that no men would, cause I was a female and I could ask and they let me in. So it was like mm-hmm. being a woman in that situation was a total advantage and like use mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. But, but I think that, that this, like, there's this cognitive dissonance where she looks like a Barbie doll, but she's got all this money and power and decision. And she's doing this tech for like, what? It doesn't make sense. She must be a bad person. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just really upset me that he, judged her for her looks and oh, she must've used those, or she could be really smart or she Mm -hmm. could have a good idea, or she could be really convincing and be able to like, I I was so mad and everyone got so uncomfortable. So yeah, yeah, well, that's that's a double standard. That's a judgment. And and truly like her story would be a non-issue. It's like just another day in Silicon Valley. Like if if she had been a man. Yeah. Yeah, Like it would have been like news that week and then it would have been over. Like, that's what I think. And the fact that we're holding onto this story is so dangerous culturally for us and our children that we've decided that like this has to mean more than it does. And, and that's, and that leads like into these other examples, right. That we wanted to talk about, like, like Anna Delvey, right? Like you and I both, like, as soon as we saw inventing Anna, like, we're like, we have to talk about this. Cause it's so similar to the Elizabeth Holmes I situation. Love her the same way that I love Elizabeth Holmes and we'll back yeah. her hundred percent. No, you should not go to hotels and not pay, pay for your, your bills, bills. right? hundred like percent. That's not what we're saying. But the fact that she had a vision mm-hmm. and she was able to rally those kind of investors up and get mm-hmm. them that interested, like, mm-hmm hundred percent all, all for it, like build a bit, like her dreams and visions were so big. And mm-hmm. we don't have examples of women doing that in our society, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it's like Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes who were like shunned in the media and criticized. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I also think it was really interesting that like people were willing to invest in her and back her if yes. she was really a billionaire the daughter of a yeah. billionaire. But if you're not the daughter of a billionaire then you know, it's, I mean, I get the logical reason behind that because then there was like, you know, the risk is reduced, 
But at the same time, like, what does that say about us and our culture? Like, does that diminish the actual, like her ability to implement that vision? Mm -hmm. Like, I believe like if she had gotten the $20 million, she would have created this foundation with like beautiful art and beautiful hotel and beautiful restaurants. And and, like, she would have done it and it wouldn't, and, and it wouldn't have been bad. Right. Like, yeah. And the fact that she didn't have the, you know, in case it failed, she didn't have the family money to bail it out. Like it would have been a non-issue, right. If she yeah. had been successful. And so the fraud is really the fact that like, it was based on the assumption that she, if she failed, she wouldn't have been able to pay the money back to the investors. So mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is like, you know, what, do, like, what is our culture doing? Well, that's, that's, that's like, you have to have money that. to make money. Like you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't create something from nothing in that situation. Cause you just don't. And I mean, there's lots of other ways she had other choices. She could have done something yeah. smaller and like scaled it yeah. up, you know, like there's a hundred way, but I, but that's part of what I love about her is that she just went for it. Like yeah. so big. And she held on to that belief till the, like still probably to, till, till still, never still holding up. on. Yeah. Never from what we can up. see, she's doing it in, in detention right now. Yeah. She's still yeah. holding and on so to it. And so I just, Jenny, I just want to say for listeners who are like, who, who the heck is Anna Delvey? There's a net, it's a Shonda Rhimes documentary or not a documentary. It's like a recreation of a, a story of Anna Delvey. So it's a true story. And Shonda Rhimes made this show on it. And it's just, it's really good. It's just, really yeah, good. no, it's, it is, it's like, it's so it's called inventing, Be prepared. inventing Anna. Inventing Be prepared Anna. to like not do anything else. If you, if you haven't seen it yet and you start watching it, like you're going to watch it, all of the episodes of it in a row. And, and I love that this is all Chandra Rhymes, I think is like the way that she was able to play the, 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 her boyfriend and his boyfriend at the time who was a tech dude, bro, raising money and just like on world stages and having all the money. And he was a total con artist too. Like there was no tech firm or it didn't work. Like it was all, yeah, you know, and then failing. It was failing and he was getting money thrown at him because yeah, and that's wife. normal. That's what almost yeah, happens yeah. to almost yeah. all of them is that they fail and the investor money disappears. They're that's celebrated. Like, They're celebrated. That is the whole model of venture capital is that like you're betting on these things that could be really, really big and you're expecting almost all of them to fail, but you're expecting the tiny percentage that succeed to be big enough to weigh outweigh the risk of the ones that failed and the losses there, right? Like that is yeah. literally the model. And so I, I just... I, I think I, I loved it, especially there was a diversity comment in there yes. and I don't know how accurate it was. And, and, you know, like I, yeah, that was the thing in the episode of all the episodes that caught me kind of the most, which was her boyfriend was getting kind of all the special treatment. And at one point she was like, why do you get all of these opportunities? And he, he was like, well, this, you know, this person that we both know that we're living with, she's really helping me because I'm minority in tech. And she's like, you're an Asian guy and I'm a woman. And there, do you know how many more Asian guys there are in tech, you know? And like, that's also very true. And so it's just like, it's just this like incredibly complicated set of double standards that are going on in this. And and like, I think tech is like one of these like very extreme examples of this, but it's, it's like a rough place to be as a woman. Like it is really, 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 really hard to raise money. And everything that you read about that and have heard about it is true. And like, even in our own industry, Sandy, you know, we talk about this a lot, but like we have a platform in the creator economy, right? Marvelous is a creator economy startup. We serve, you know, more over, over 75% women on our platform and non-binary folks, over 80% of creators in general are women and almost all of the money, like Mm -hmm. almost 
every single dollar of investment is going into male-founded startups, right? And like that is the reality. And so like why is that happening? It's not because women aren't trying to raise money in the space. And so like what is going on <laughs> in the world of venture capital right now that is causing that to happen? And everyone should be thinking about it because like these are literally like this is how we work. This is how we as a culture make money now. Like this is the future of work, the future of employment, the future of like sustaining ourselves financially. And and, and women, like the tools being made for the women in this space are being made by, by men. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we should all be wondering about and questioning and trying to figure out why is that the case? Yeah. But who's going to go raise money if you just get put thrown in jail? If you, you know, like, you know, that's, I, a, that's a, yeah, that's, that's no the point. stories told of the women who are doing it and succeeding. The media is full of the failures and those that have crossed that line into yeah. some kind of con artistry. And that's maddening. That's absolutely maddening. But, and then yeah. do you want to talk about bad, bad vegan too? That another Netflix show. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that this is probably a story that's like very relevant in, in our like kind of wellness world too, you know, like so if, if you haven't seen bad vegan, like you should watch it, but it's, it's, it's just like the same thing. <laughs> It's just yeah. another story of a woman who is like being accused of duping investors. And in this case, she's in like a very toxic, abusive relationship and is, and it, it appears to be having been very manipulated. It's a documentary being manipulated by a husband to take money basically from the investors and from the business, which is also sustaining her team in order to give to this this husband who's promising that it's just the psychological test, right? That he's going to give it back. And then obviously that doesn't happen. And it's a, it's a weird, bizarre, sad, really sad story. But I think it's just another example of like a grifter, right? Like of like this woman criminal con artist trying to get away with something. And when you watch that story, like I have no sense that this woman, like out of her no. own agency would throw away the life that she no. had and the business no. that she had on purpose to go lit, like, you know, like go on the run and no. be hiding from everyone no. she knows and, and, and like ha have a, you know, like warrant out for her arrest. Yeah. Like why on earth would she do that if she no, wasn't no, being no. psychologically abused and manipulated? You know, what really stuck out for me when I watched that is that number one, when she started her restaurant, which is the raw vegan restaurant in New York, and she had a boyfriend at the time they separated, they both wanted the restaurant another investor there. I can't remember the relationship, but some friend gave her, chose her and gave her 2 million to run with this restaurant. So that was super yeah. cool that he chose her. Mm -hmm. And then when some of the money was disappearing and she could make payroll and she returned to New York and she raised 850,000 from investors, mm -hmm. which then disappeared to the, the bad husband. But it was like, girl, like what? How did, wow. How did you do yeah. that? I thought it was amazing. That was yeah. so amazing. Right. And then, but absolutely again, the same, the same situation where she had a dream and a vision and she struggled running that restaurant. Like that was hard, but she did it. She created something amazing for New that all of New York, all of the world was talking about that everyone mm -hmm. wanted to copy and bring into different cities. And then I, but I like uh, the other sort of feminist part of this for me was like, at the beginning, when they interview her, what stuck out was like, she was so desperate for love and support and someone to take care of her. Mm -hmm. And that thinking, that mindset, I think was a big part of like her ability or her 
the reason that she was so influenced and manipulated easily by that, the husband that came mm-hmm. along later, right? Like that's yeah. all she wanted was just to be held and someone just hold her and take care of her. And that is, that is the patriarchy, right? And I think, I feel like that just was her downfall was that need to be loved. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and need to be loved in that way by yeah whoever happened to be available at the time. Right. And there's this, this, there's some weird stuff in that not documentary about how the husband promised that her dog would live forever, that she and her dog would be immortal and live forever. If she just passed all these like psychological tests, including giving him lots of money. And he, and, and, you know, the truth is he's a gambler, right? So it was all like just getting gambled away at these like horrible new England casinos. (laughs) It's just like the saddest thing. And then, and then the other piece of it is that like this guy she met on Twitter because Alec Baldwin was her friend who came to her restaurant all the time. And then like, he was like a guy that interacted a lot with Alec Baldwin on Twitter. Like, what is this? Like, yeah, this the world. Like it's so so weird. But I mean, like, again, people judge in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Like how she must've known. And why didn't she rep- reply mm-hmm. to the head chef who was like, Hey, we can't make payroll. I just think in that moment when she's feeling so manipulated and so confused and such shame about some of this, the money, you know, her like deciding to give and not seeing him for who she, and then she sort of slowly realizes, but you are in so deep at that point. Mm-hmm. And it, it is shame and it is embarrassment mm-hmm. that I get it. Like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. like, not put, bring my head up. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. in Vegas and hide because I don't know how to I'd, like, you're so broken emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually at that point. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm behind her too. Behind and I mean, I, I think that that's this interesting piece that, that brings, you know, it's Saima, right? Saima, Sarma, Sarma, Sarma and uh-huh. Elizabeth Holmes. Like they both have this, yeah. like this, at least this accusation that they're in this very psychologically abusive relationship. I mean, Elizabeth Holmes was like in a relationship with her, you know, her second in command in the company was like many, many decades older than her. And, you know, like there's all kinds of really weird stuff that was going, like, if you watch the trial, like there's so much weird stuff that was going on in that relationship. You know, she's this woman in her early twenties, like who, who is like, you know, never been out in the world and is just like heads down, like trying to build this life-changing company and like the kinds of weird stuff that was going on in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that there's just so much there. And again, any of these stories, like really, if it was some guy like stealing money from a company or duping investors, like it is a non-issue. It's another Tuesday. Like that's what it is. And it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's boring. And it's because it's women, like, it's so shocking to us somehow in our culture that like these these beautiful women are capable of doing this. And that, that somehow like it, I think it like shatters this idea of what women are and what women should be. It's so shocking. And it's so threatening to our Mm -hmm. culture that this is possible, that these women stand out so much. And again, I think that these show, like, I, I mean, I'm grateful that they're being, you know, that like there's podcasts being made made and shows about all these people, but it, it like, because I enjoy them and I want to know what's going on and it's entertaining. But at the same time, like there's still this very clear message because we don't have conversations like the one we're having right now, like publicly enough, Mm -hmm. there's this very strong message. That's like, Hey, if you're a girl, if you're a woman, you better be careful. Like you better not be like that. And I think that like, you know, the likelihood that that's going to happen is so small. Like 
it's just, it's, it's just what an unfortunate, strong message to be sending to girls and, and, and young women who mm-hmm. are trying to be ambitious in their lives and their careers and their businesses, because like what we really, we don't need the like Icarus threat right now. Like don't fly too close to the sun. We need the opposite. Like yeah. we need to be like encouraging women and girls and underrepresented people to be taking on these big audacious ideas and, and like playing big with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that makes me think Anna Sorokin or Anna Delvey, her, like she's still in jail currently and she's, well, she's doing, in, she's in immigration. She's in a yeah. detention, something in yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah. The fact that she's still going and we, I want to mention this art thing. I just like, I'm just, I'm just like, this needs to be a, like a, a, a book for a young, young girls about like how she tried. She made some mistakes. She was punished. She dealt with the punch and she kept on going. Like mm-hmm. she's not giving up. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. Yeah. So that, so we can link to a bunch of the stuff that we're talking about, but there is an article in the New York times. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago about this art show in New York that Anna Delvey was hosting from like an immigration detention center because she got out of prison and then she promptly was captured by ICE and put in an immigration detention facility for overstaying her visa. And so she's still in the US, but in a basically an ICE jail. And she's she's doodle, she was like kind of known for doodling and drawing when she was in the courtroom and she's continued to draw in prison and in this detention center. And now her art is being shown <laughs> in galleries. And she's like, I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. And then, you know, there are other people where she can't like someone tried to get watercolors into the detention facility for her. And like, they, you know, like it was the guards thought it was makeup, so they wouldn't let it in, but she's able to like with pen and paper, small paper draw. And then she sends her, her drawings out. And then other artists help her to make them larger, to use color. People are turning some of her work into NFTs. Like it's super interesting. Like she's such a smart, creative person. And you know, that's the kind of energy we need in the world. And so I I think it's just, it's like, obviously don't be a criminal. (laughs) Don't break the law. Don't engage in fraud. Don't blatantly lie. But but, but be extremely ambitious and think outside the box yeah, because like yeah. the world needs you to do that. If you yeah. feel called to do that, you need to do it. And, you know, most people who go to jail and who have this like very publicly humiliating, you know, thing happen to them, like with this very public trial, like they're just going to shrink. Right. And, the, and like the yeah. fact that this woman, Anna Sorokin is, is choosing to like, keep going is Honestly, remarkable. It's totally remarkable. Yeah. I want to buy an NFT off this because I think it's just, the story is just unbelievable. So, wow. Okay. That was a lot. That was a lot. It's, it's a, it's a lot and it's beautiful. I think that like the point here that we wanted to make is that there is this like very fine line. It's a very, it's a line, uh, but yeah, for sure. it's a line between being a criminal and not. And yet the line is in different places for different people. And I just, I think we need to say that out loud. And I think we need to talk about it. And I think that like, it's, first of all, everyone is a complicated human being and nobody is perfect. And it doesn't, you know, we all are, are capable of doing terrible things and beautiful things. And so it shouldn't also color the entire person for the rest of their life because they did something that was wrong. And I think like, that's the other piece of it is like, we just... We love to engage, as you say, Sandy, in black and white thinking. And because like it's easier and it's kind of lazy. And really the world is full of nuance and complexity. So these are complex, nuanced people that we only know a tiny little bit about. And so let's like allow them, you know, to be human because I guarantee you there's brilliance inside of Elizabeth Holmes, right? Like there's brilliance in that woman. And so the idea that she's going to jail soon 
leaving her baby. Like, I don't think we know her sentencing yet, Mm -hmm. but she's definitely getting jail time and she's leaving her, her baby. And for however many years going, not, you know, not really going to be able to contribute to the public conversation about anything. And like, I don't know. What does that say about our culture? But that's unless she's do. sneaking out art and NFTs. Too maybe, her, maybe she can learn from, yeah, maybe she's, maybe she's going to like invent the next great, like, you know, theorem and <laughs> like, yeah. in math, like maybe she's going to, yeah. Cure cancer while she's in prison. Who knows? But I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope she does. I mean, that's what I, my hope is like, I, and I hope that we're just able to look at these stories and really see these complex women and these hopeful stories in, in, in this as well. Absolutely. We are all in the gray and not in the black and white. So, Mm -hmm. okay, let's do some joy and hustle. Do you want to link to some of these articles? Well, I think the joy could be the Netflix, three of them, inventing Anna, bad vegan, bad vegan. And then uh, there's not one for Elizabeth Holmes on Netflix, but no, there's a movie coming out, but there's a couple of podcasts. Like there's a great Elizabeth Holmes podcast. I can't remember the name of it right now, but we've been listening to it for years. It's one of those podcasts that like goes away for two years when there's something happening. And then when her trial came back on the podcast came back on, so we can link to that show. And then, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the hustle, like, I think the hustle is just to be audacious and ambitious. Like, I think I think that's the answer. And I would also encourage everyone to go, we'll post the link to this New York times article about the, the Anna Delvey art show Anna Sorokin art show. And I think it's super interesting because there's, there's stuff about NFTs in there. And like, just to me, the hustle is starting to learn about web three and like crypto and NFTs and understanding what's going on. And we're going to have more conversations this season in the show about this stuff. Like it's super complicated there's a you, like a lot to be said on both sides around crypto and NFTs and Web3, but I think just like starting to immerse yourself and start to understand these forces that are at play, because even if you don't personally participate and have a crypto wallet, like it, it's going to affect you, right? And so it's going to affect our entire you know economic system one way or the other. So I think that's, how would you that's support Anna Sorokin with NFTs if you don't have a crypto wallet? Like you just I mean, seriously, like you right. can, yeah, I think we all need a crypto wallet. I think that's the first step. Okay. Those are, yeah, we'll be doing more on that shortly. So, okay. Awesome. Great conversation. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our inner circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.